Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear Hotline, and they will include, in 15 minutes, one of the best players in the National Football League. Make sure you have not forgotten his name, George Kittle. As good a tight end as there is, and that includes everyone. He will be live with us here in just a few minutes. We'll go around the country today for insight into the quarterback carousel. And our green list today is awesome in honor of Groundhog Day, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Five days to Super Sunday. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. And that one place continues to be a close eye on the National Football League's quarterbacks. Only this time, the carousel music is not necessarily for all those who are changing places, but for the one who did a year ago. I've been telling you now for some time. In fact, Friday, I spent a good deal of time on this. The competition most worth watching this Sunday is not Brady Mahomes. And it is certainly not Tom versus time. The competition that matters is Brady versus Bill. These are legacies the likes of which the National Football League has never dealt with. This is not Vince Lombardi. This is not Chuck Knoll. This is not Bill Walsh. This is not Don Shula. Bill Belichick has won six Super Bowls as a head coach. This is not Joe Montana. It's not Johnny Unitas. It's not Dan Marino. It's Tom Brady. He's won six Super Bowls as a quarterback. The question of is it Brady or is it Bill has been, in reality, the most interesting one around that team for two decades. And what a day yesterday was for that. I would sum up what we saw and heard yesterday by characterizing it as the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we're going to make this Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Let's start with the good. Tom Brady was asked yesterday his feelings about Bill Belichick and all that they accomplished together, and his was the good. And I certainly could never have accomplished the things in my career without uh, his support and uh, his teachings and um, incredible coach and mentor for me. Okay, fair enough. That's exactly what you would expect him to say. Precisely how he feels, I don't know. I I don't think that the two of them dislike each other. I certainly don't think they hate each other. But I'd be crazy to suggest there isn't a real level of competitiveness between them. But that's what you would expect from Brady. So that's the good. The bad, a little bit. Here's Rob Gronkowski. I mean, I've always had a great relationship with Bill. But uh, ever since I got to the Bucks, uh, there just uh, hasn't been uh, any contact uh, at all. Haven't been any contact at all. It's interesting that he chose to say that. He was not obligated to say that. He could have ended that sentence at, I have always had a great relationship with Bill. Now, it is very possible. I didn't hear the question. It is certainly possible that that was part of the question. But there's a way of not answering with that if you don't want to answer with that. So that was the bad, perhaps. But then we get to the ugly. This was Danny Amendola on Fox's First Things First yesterday. It's on FS1. And he was talking about Tom Brady, and he clearly had an axe to grind. When you see Patriot Way in the dictionary, it's going to have Tom Brady's name next to it. Uh, None of those coaches threw any passes. None of those coaches caught any passes. None of those coaches made any tackles. They got guys in the right position because they watch a lot of film and they spend all their time at the facility. But uh, but Tom Brady is the Patriot Way, and that's... Okay, that's all I need to hear. Tom Brady is the Patriot Way. Now, I have two reactions to those comments from Danny Amendola, whom I do not know. One of them is as a talk show host. 
I've said forever, I'm a talk show host. I'm in the interesting business. So anything that's interesting, I'm good with. That is certainly interesting. So on that front, obviously, I support it. But as a football person, the only response I have is, can I trouble you for a nice warm glass of shut the hell up? That is so obviously just an axe to grind with a person who has an historically great coach. You're entitled to your opinion, but your opinion is inane. If you want to have a debate about who's more important in general, a coach or a player, a coach or a quarterback, that's fine. I'm here for that. And I'm the one who told you last week that the idea that any of Brady's success can be diminished in any way now by the legendary coach he always played for, that has come to an end based upon his success in Tampa. That's one side of this story. But the idea that we are then going to diminish what Belichick has accomplished is ridiculous. Bill Belichick is a great football coach, an incredible football coach, the best ever. So if the question is, how many titles would Tom Brady have won with a different coach? The answer is probably at least one, but fewer than six. I have said that a million times. I'm very used to saying those words because I used to say them and will for the rest of my life about Phil Jackson. When people would try to diminish what Phil did with those Bulls teams, I can't speak as directly to what Phil did in L.A., but I was there practically every day for that Bulls dynasty. Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, the only threads of commonality between both three-peats. And people have been diminishing Phil for that since the beginning. And my response to it is very simple. How many championships would Michael Jordan have won without Phil Jackson? And the answer is probably at least one but fewer than six. And that's the case here as well. To diminish what Bill Belichick has accomplished in his time as the coach of the Patriots, candidly, is stupidity. Stupidity. And it can only come from an axe to grind. No reasonable person who knows anything about football would suggest that Belichick is other than an extraordinary coach and an integral part of the greatest dynasty the sport has ever seen. And for an example, I will give you this. Do you know how many Hall of Famers Hembo sent it to me? The Packers championship teams of the 60s. Vince Lombardi, legendary, right? There's an exit named after him, a rest stop named after him in New Jersey for crying out loud. Vince Lombardi is almost always called out as one of the greatest coaches of all time in any sport. He had 13 Hall of Famers play for his championship teams in the 60s. 13. Does that diminish his greatness as a coach? Don't be ridiculous. That's ridiculous. He is a great coach, an all-time great coach, and those players were great players in part because he was their coach. Now, Bill Belichick didn't have anywhere near 13 Hall of Famers play for him the entire time he's been the coach of the New England Patriots. They're not going to wind up there. So if you want to use that, which I don't, even that makes my point. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. We're going to have a great day today. Plenty on the coaching carousel, which continues to spin wildly. George Kittle will join me coming up next. And doing Super Bowl trivia all morning. And I love this question. Hembo sent me a ton of questions, and I love this one. Here we go. There is only one franchise that has won a Super Bowl in four different decades which is the only NFL franchise to win a Super Bowl in four different decades? That's the question. I've got the answer next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. 
big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Oh, uh, we are busy. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. And my guests, like the superstar George Kittle, in just a moment on the Goodyear hotline. We will have him in a minute as we get ourselves ready for the Super Bowl here. I've got the green list coming up in just the next few minutes, the latest from Green Bay, and all that. And we will pay off our Super Bowl trivia in exactly 30 seconds. 30 seconds from right now. We'll spend those 30 seconds on some straight talk. Look, we all drop our phones. That happens. You fumble it, crack it, splash it. Well, Straight Talk Wireless now offers this new Platinum Unlimited plan that includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month, you get unlimited talk, text, and data, plus 20 gigs of hotspot and 100 gigs of cloud storage and more, all on the best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See mobile protect terms and conditions at ashurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. Before I bring in George Kittle, I wonder if he would know the answer to this. There is only one team in the National Football League that has won a Super Bowl in four different decades. And I will tell you, Hembo sent me these questions. I got this one wrong. The answer is the Giants. The New York Football Giants, the only franchise to win a Super Bowl in four different decades. They won it in the 80s, the 90s, the zeros, the aughts, as they call it, and the teens. So the Giants, the only team to do it four different times. And with that thought in mind, it is my pleasure to bring in one of the genuinely terrific players in the NFL. Had a banged-up season, but no one should forget that he's as good as any tight end in the sport. It is my pleasure to welcome in uh, the San Francisco 49ers, George Kittle, here on ESPN Radio. Good morning, George. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Well, you know, I would have gotten that question right. I definitely knew it was New York. You would, all kidding aside, you honestly would have gotten that right? No chance. Uh, me neither. No. I, <laughs> and look, it's your job to catch touchdowns. It's my job to know these things, and I would not have gotten that one right. So, okay, you make me feel a little better that I wouldn't have had it either. I, I hate to start with the bad news, but let's start with this, because I hear as we get to Super Week, I have all these guys on the show, on the TV show, and they're all talking about their experiences. And the guys who never made it 
or even worse, the guys who got to the Super Bowl and lost talk about the excruciating experience of that. So here we are now, basically 52 weeks removed from you playing in the Super Bowl. How would you describe the emotions you feel now, a year removed, having gotten to the biggest game in the world and come up just short a year ago? Um, let's see. I'd say, you know, definitely disappointed you didn't, you know, win the game because you work your whole life to, uh, you know, play football, be the best football player you can be and play in the Super Bowl, which is the highest stage. And losing is never fun. But at the same time, optimistic because, you know, I feel like I'm a part of a team that can get back to that Super Bowl and win it. And, you know, really just happy that I got to play in it and got to play on the highest stage. But definitely not satisfied at all with that. Um, but just want to get back and be able to play in that again and get the win this time. See, I think that's the, a great perspective to have. And I've always felt, and look, I can't, I can't speak to this with any personal experience, obviously, but I feel like to get there, obviously your, your dream in life is to win the championship, but to get there in and of itself is a great accomplishment. And I would hope that, and look, I know you hope you're going to go on and win five of these things, but that you can look back with pride one way or the other on what your team accomplished last year in making it to that game. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I'm pretty sure we won. I think we won 15 games last year and I think that's pretty good for an NFL season. So it is. I mean, it's the thing, like, I think we had such a fantastic season and obviously it didn't cap off the way we wanted it to cap off, but I still enjoyed the time that I got to play with all those guys. Like, that was a hell of a run to send Joe Staley out after he retired and Garrett Selleck, my tight end, who also retired. And, um, you know, obviously, like I said, we wish we would have won, but, I mean, it's still a great season to celebrate. And, uh, you know, I think we had one of the best defenses of all time last year as well. Like, they were they were pretty fantastic as well. So, overall, you know, not, you know, not happy with the outcome, but definitely enjoyed the entire process. Greeny and George Kittle from the 49ers with me here on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. And I will tell you up front, George, as one who has loved the game, you know, going back to the 70s, you play my favorite position. You, you are the latest in a long line of these all-time great players going back to John Mackey and Mike Ditka, but then, you know, through Dave Casper and Kellen Winslow and all the rest of that, the, the pass-catching tight end who also blocks, I think, is, the, is my favorite position in the National Football League. Growing up, who did you want to emulate? Who were your favorite tight ends as you were growing up playing the game? Um, let's see. Growing up playing the game, I'd have to say um, – Shannon Sharp was really fun to watch just because he could do about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, I was a Midwest guy, and I really – I grew up watching Dallas Clark. You know, I, I had season tickets at Iowa. I went to every single game. Mm-hmm. I watched his two final seasons when he played tight end, when he won the Mackey. Um, and so watching him, I, I just always wanted to be, you know, the blue-collar guy that just works his, works his tail off and then, you know, takes advantage, of the, takes advantage of the opportunity when he gets it. And so watching Dallas Clark was, you know, one of my favorite players to watch. And, you know, then as I grew up a little bit, watching you know, Gronk was always really fun for me to watch just because of how dominant he was, especially that 2012 season. Um, that was really fun for me. And, uh, you know, then in college, I watched Travis Kelsey dominate too. And so just growing up and then now being able to play with those guys, it's kind of a surreal feeling. Um, and, you know, get compared to them too, it's kind of crazy. But, uh, you know, just enjoying the process. But I, I really enjoy all, you know, good tight end play. Let me ask you about Gronk because, you know, that is a guy who I, I, I think you could make an argument is the greatest ever to do it, that, that you could defend that argument if you wanted to. I don't want to have it here, but, but you could defend that argument as you watch him. And again, he's still doing it. He will be out there on Sunday playing in the Super Bowl. But how would you describe what has made him such a great player over the years? I mean, just watching him, I, I think, 
his ability to do everything is what makes him great, you know, and he makes the, he makes the big plays all the time. You know, he did it in new England, he's doing it in Tampa, but really, um, you know, my favorite part about Gronk is when he has zero targets and zero catches except, and then he dominates in the run game. That's my favorite game. And um, I, I remember what the last time new England won it, uh, they played the chargers at home. It was like a freezing game. And I think he had like two catches, but he just physically dominated the D line all day. And it was just so fun to watch that. And, you know, when you have a tight end that has a physical presence, it changes up everything that you can do in the run game and in the pass game, because now they have the, the linebackers and the safeties have to step up a little bit on the play action. And, you know, the, the influence that Gronk has in the game, even when he's not catching the ball is, uh, is an incredible. It's like the defense has to pay attention to him every single play. So, I just love watching that aspect of him. It's exactly right. No, I, I think that's right, and it is one of the things that, I, as I mentioned, I love about the position. Greeny uh, and, and George Kittle, who's with me, I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. So uh, this year, Travis Kelsey broke your single-season record for receiving yards by a tight end. You had the record 1,377 yards in 2018 you then have 1,400 – uh, Travis Kelsey then broke it with 1,416 this year. So I would ask, when people look at the position now, those are the two names that come up, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. What level of competition do you feel with him as you watch him play? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if competition is the word I would use. I, um, you know, I think competition is the thief of joy and – um, I think it's just two good football players that go out there and love the game and they play at a high level week in and week out. You know, I, I think Travis is playing, you know, he's having an incredible season. Um, he's playing at an incredibly high level. It's an elite season. I mean, he broke a record. He's averaged like 100 yards a game for the last, I don't know, what it feels like, 10 weeks at a minimum. And so, I mean, I just, I love watching him play because I learn things from Travis every time I get to watch him play when I learn and bring up the tape. And so, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him and, you know, and the season he's having, especially he gets playing another Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, I don't know if competition is the word I use. I think it's more of just, you know, two guys going out there playing the best football that they possibly can play. No, fair enough. Uh, so, no, you don't feel like it, you don't want people to say George Kittle is the best tight end in the NFL. That That's the one guy who stands between you and that. That that does not matter to you? All that matters to me is putting good uh, putting good film on tape. So if I go out there, and play good football. The eye in the sky doesn't lie. People respect me in the level that I play at. I'm good with that. You know, that's all I can worry about. If I, if I worry about what, uh, you know, everybody says and who's the best tight end, who does this, who does that. Uh, I don't know if I could even like mentally get on a football field if I was worried with everybody's <laughs> opinions. And so I just worry about what I can control. And you know, that's just playing good football and going out there and dominating at every, every aspect, whether it's run game, pass game, pass pro, which is super underrated and very fun. Um, I just try to be great at everything. Love it. George Kittle with me here on ESPN Radio. One self-serving question from me. I know you play on the offensive side of the ball, but I, I am a lifelong fan of the New York Jets, and, and your for, now former defensive coordinator in San Francisco, Robert Sala, is the new head coach of the Jets. I've seen a lot of 49ers players just giving him all kinds of love and credit and respect and all the rest of that. What, what can you tell us about the new head coach of the Jets? Oh, wow. I mean, they didn't just, they got solid. They got LaFleur. They got our O-line coach, uh, John Bitten. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you took a lot of our, they, the Jets took a lot of our coaches that, you know, we respect and we love. And uh, I'm happy for them to all get that opportunity to, you know, go on and coach at a higher level. Um, 
I think, you know, Saul is incredible. Just the message he conveys week in and week out to his players. And I don't get to listen to all of his speeches because I'm on offense, but when he does talk, uh, you can, everybody listens, everybody locks in because he's always got such a great message. He always, you know, connects it to the game. He connects it to family. Um, and it, it's fun and easy to listen to him. But at the same time, when you're on the field with him too, it's, it's just awesome. Um, the energy that he brings is unmatched. And um, I, He's such a great leader. So I know that the the Jets fans should be incredibly happy. I know a couple guys on the Jets, and I already told them how you know how lucky they are to have a coach like that. And so they're gonna they're gonna enjoy him, um, and they're gonna win some football games. You know, Coach Sala is incredible. Like I say, you know, he got Lafleur with him, who's gonna be a great offense coordinator for him. Um, it, it's it's just gonna be a great season for them, and I'm happy for them. Um, you know, you never want to lose coaches like that, but when they can move on, you know, and go up a little bit, it's awesome. It's great. Again, George Kittle with me here. I look forward to that. And George is with us on behalf of the lasting cologne quality scent of new Old Spice Dynasty, which is available at Target. Tell us about the program, George. Um, well, this is something I'm, I'm really excited actually working with because I think the message that they're sending this year is awesome and it's easy to connect to. Um, you know, like this past year, it's been really easy to be our own harshest critic, uh, you know. You wake up every single day. Instead of going to work, you uh, put on sweatpants and a blazer and you go to work. Um, you know, you're on Zoom calls all day. And so it's kind of hard to, uh, you know, stay in your routine. And um, so what the what the Old Spice is doing right now, um, it's giving you confidence. You know, it's the confidence to smell ready for anything. It's smell good, feel good, play good. And it's just giving you the confidence. You don't have to worry about anything else. You're just – you put your you put your deodorant on the new Dynasty, which smells like cologne, which is pretty awesome. I got some right next to me. I smell great right now, Greedy. Just letting you know, but it just gives guys confidence <laughs> to go into anything that uh, anything that they're doing, and you're not going to be worried about you know whether they're sweating, how they smell. They smell great. They can do anything that they want. And also, before I move on from that, you transition into advertisements so quickly and so efficiently. Mm-hmm. I think you're still talking to me, and then halfway through it, I feel I realize you're talking about progressive. That's absolutely. <laughs> It's like you've been doing this for a while. Well, I mean, 30 years in this. Look, here's what I can't do. I can't drag a linebacker like 30 yards downfield on my back, as I've seen you do. Uh, I can't block guys into the end zone like you can, and I've never caught 1,400 yards worth of, of, of anything in the National Football League. So I do my thing, and, and you do yours, and I, I really enjoy watching you play, and I, I've enjoyed this time. Thank you. I wish I could smell you to verify what you say, but I'll take your word for it. And thank you very much for this time here today. Have a terrific offseason. We'll see you on the field as soon as possible. Thanks, Greeny. I appreciate it, man. Take care. Good to talk to you. That's George Kittle from the 49ers. It is true. I mean that sincerely. My favorite position in football is, is, is the blocking tight end, like the tight end who does both. There are so few, like football is, this is going to sound ridiculous to say, right? But like basketball is a sport where you do two things. You play offense and you play defense. Baseball, with the exception of the designated hitter, I guess the pitcher, is a sport where, you know, you bat and you field. In football, it's so specialized. Everyone kind of does one thing. I love the tight ends. Going back to, again, I'm a child of the 70s, so I don't go back to Ditka as a player or John Mackey. I know everything about them, but I didn't watch them play. But the great tight ends of my youth, Dave Casper, Raymond Berry, um... Uh, that, that segued then into what well, the Kellen Winslow came along. He wasn't as much of a blocker. He was really the first 
that I recall just pure great receiver at that position. He was an unbelievable player. And then obviously it's gone on and on, and Gronk has taken that to a whole other level. And then Kelsey is more of a receiver than he is a blocker, but he can block it. But this guy Kittle is a beast. Just an absolute beast, and I love watching him play. Okay, so that was good. Our Super Bowl coverage will continue, but the green list is on the way here in just a second. I'm going to give you the green list in 15 seconds, and I promise you're going to love it. It is based on what day of the year today is. That's on 15 seconds from now after I remind you that this Valentine's, you can get the gift that's going to wow at 1-800-Flowers. Right now, you can get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for just $39.99, or double the roses for $20 more. To order, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter the code GREENIE. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. Okay, this may be my favorite one that we have done so far. We the Green List every single day. My top five, this, that, or the other, as chosen exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And with today, I wanted everything this week to be Super Bowl-related. But today is Groundhog Day. And Groundhog Day, I couldn't care less about Punxsutawney Phil, but I love the movie Groundhog Day. If you don't love the movie Groundhog Day, then you and I are just not going to have anything to talk about. Like, we're not going to be friends if you don't think that is a great movie. It is, it is a combination of smart and funny and meaningful. I love that movie. So I told the staff, We need to put together a list that somehow involves the Super Bowl and the movie Groundhog Day. And ingeniously, here's what we came up with. The top five performances by people who played in the Super Bowl and then went into movies. Top five acting performances by football players who played in the Super Bowl. Here we go. Number five. Dan Marino. Dan Marino was in multiple movies and of course legendarily in ace ventura he's the one you want kill him no no kill him no kill, kill him. him kill him he held he's the ball the man. come on look at that cry baby jock wimp muscle head <laughs> dan marino in ace ventura pet detective is number five on the list of players who played in the super bowl and then went on to make movies number four okay i'm interested to see how the staff edited this one Number four is Brett Favre in Something About Mary. Something About Mary is a movie I love. That is a very... I remember when the first time I saw it, I was working at ESPN News and a whole bunch of us, Dave Feldman and, and, and a bunch of us went after golf one day and all went to see that movie and I thought it was... I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember thinking it was about as funny movies I've ever seen and the Favre cameo is one of the genuinely great moments. Let's see how we edited this. Brett Favre doing here? I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. <laughs> okay, we left it. I love it. I'm in town to play the Dolphins. That's Brett Favre in the movie Something About Mary. That is number four on the list of my favorite performances in movies in honor of Groundhog Day by people who played in the Super Bowl. Number three. Three is Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin was in a variety of movies. Now, I will tell you, as an Adam Sandler fan and one who considers him a friend, I, don't re- I didn't see Jack and Jill. He was apparently in that. But he had a great part in Sandler's movie, The Longest Yard. You know MVP sold his own teammates out. What do you think he's going to do to you fools? I think Michael Irvin would actually be a great actor. Not, not to say that he hasn't been great in things. But I, I, I could see him... 
uh, carrying a movie. Uh, Michael is someone I've known forever. He worked here uh, at ESPN before he went to NFL Network. And he is a, he is, you talk about a big personality and the ability to sort of light up. I could see him being a star in Hollywood. I'm sure this thought has come up. But he was very good in that movie, which is actually a pretty good movie. So he's number three on today's green list. Number two. Mike Ditka and Kicking and Screaming. Kicking and Screaming is a movie that my kids loved when they were little. What year? The movie is 2005. That's exactly why. The movie came out, and when my kids were little, they loved that movie. It's a Will Ferrell soccer movie. It's really aimed at kids, um, and Mike Ditka has a big part in it. I mean, a really big role in that movie. You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to? I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. Well, now you go to hell. No, you go to hell. While you're there, why don't you grab me a juice box? I'm no juice box boy, I'll tell you that. (laughs) So I, I was talking to Ditka about this one time, and he told me that more people would walk up to him and call him juice box than recognized him as a legendary player and larger than life coach. Mike Ditka, I think, is one of two people, maybe this list has been added to, who won a Super Bowl as a player, an assistant coach, and a head coach. He's one of the the true legendary faces of pro football. And he told me more people will walk up to him and say, juice box, than ever walk up to him and remember him for football. So he is number two on the list of actors who played in the Super Bowl. Number one. Number one is Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw has been in a million movies and has carried movies. Like Terry Bradshaw, failure to launch. He's had big parts in movies going all the way back to Hooper, which was a movie that I liked as a kid. He is, it was a Burt Reynolds movie in which he's a stuntman. He was in Cannonball Run. That's the cut we have. Man does not live on, on, on bread alone. What concerns me is do we have enough ice for all this beer? Plenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, how about food, son? You bring enough food? Terry Bradshaw, Hall of Famer, and number one on today's green list of the greatest performances in movies by anyone who ever played in the Super Bowl. And again, that is uh, today inspired by one of my favorite movies ever. I I would honestly say that Groundhog Day is one of my favorite movies ever. We will have more. We're going to be doing Super Bowl lists all week, but we will then get into some more movie stuff and all that kind of thing. And I'm always interested in your suggestions for lists you'd like to see us do here as we will keep those coming. Meanwhile, coming up next, we haven't had any time for calls this week, so let's open up the phones. We'll do What Do You Want to Know? Your chance to ask me a question about sports, whatever you want to know. If you get past Bubba, you're on the air. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776 is my number. Give me a call right now. 888-SAY-ESPN. We will do What Do You Want to Know? We also have trivia. Doing great Super Bowl trivia all week long. There are only two teams in the last 20 years who won the Super Bowl immediately following a losing season. Tampa Bay could do it Sunday. Who were the two teams in the last 20 years who won the Super Bowl coming off a losing season? We'll answer that question and we will take your calls coming up next. Back in a moment with your calls on ESPN Radio. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Greeny, the podcast. Rolling along on ESPN Radio. Greeny with you here. And a reminder that, look, I would love you to spend two hours with me every single day. That's how long we're here. But I understand you have things going on in your life, so you're busy. So uh, if you ever need to catch up, we have a podcast. This t- podcast is called Hashtag Greeny. They take each hour of the show, make it its own individual one-hour podcast. They do a terrific job with it. It's available anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Again, it is called Hashtag Greeny. Your call's in a second. First, I threw out a trivia question. Let's see how good you are. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to try and win the Super Bowl after having gone 7-9 and nine a year ago. Only two teams in the last 20 years won the Super Bowl immediately following a losing season. And those two teams are the 2017 Eagles, the Philly Philly Eagles, who went 7-9 and nine in 2016 and then legendarily beat Brady and company in the Super Bowl. And before that, it was Brady. Belichick's Patriots went... 5-11 and 11 in 2000. Then Drew Bledsoe got knocked out. In came Brady, and they won the Super Bowl the following year. Those are the two teams to bounce back from losing seasons into winning the Super Bowl the following year in the last two decades. We'll see if the Buccaneers are able to be the third. And with that thought in mind, it's time for What's On Your Mind, brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. We haven't had a chance to get any calls in this week, so let's do it. Bubba has been screening carefully all of your fascinating questions about football or whatever it is that might be on your mind, and let's see how we do. Bubba, who's first up? We got Ian. All right, Ian, what do you want to know? With the uh, quarterback carousels coming this offseason, do you think the Raiders are ready to move on from Derek Carr? You know, that is a great question. Derek Carr is a very good player. He has had very good moments and some questionable ones. He's already lasted longer with John than I thought he would. I I, I believe I was the, well, I don't know if I was the first one to say it, but I remember a long time ago saying of John Gruden, his favorite quarterback is always the next one he can get. My gut feeling with the way their season collapsed this year is if Gruden could get his hands on someone else he really liked, he might. I don't know who that exactly is going to be. But I certainly have seen his name speculated about in some pieces of this quarterback carousel. So I don't want to cop out on the answer. My answer to your question will be, when push comes to shove, I think he will be the quarterback of the Raiders next year because I'm just not sure John will find an option he likes better. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Sean is up next. Sean, what do you want to know? Hi, Greeny. Yeah, I was wanting to know another quarterback question. Uh, I was wanting to know your thoughts on the Colts quarterback position and whether they will draft a QB at the 21st pick this year or will they possibly 
trade uh, to get another quarterback out there. I know they was looking for Stafford, but uh, that uh, kind of came to a close. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great question. And look, the Colts are one of two places that I think pretty much every quarterback with options wants to go to. Because first and foremost, they all want to play for Frank Reich. You got your games are home games are in a dome. You have a great offensive line. You have good weapons on the offense. You have a Super Bowl caliber defense. So I think that's an attractive location. Now, I'm going to get into in just a few minutes here. People keep opening the door on a Carson Wentz trade. At first, I thought that it made sense for Wentz to go to Indianapolis and get reunited with Reich. Then they fired the coach, and I assumed, well, no way in the world the Eagles trade Wentz now, but everyone's telling me that's not the case. So if that remains a possibility, I guess that goes on the table. I brought up last week, if Andrew Luck is ever going to come back, this seems like the moment to do it because that team is exactly Andrew Luck away from being a Super Bowl favorite. But I'm getting no indication whatsoever he's going to do it. So I think every quarterback with options should be interested in or excited about going to Indy. I think that Sam Darnold is someone they'll kick the tires on. If the Jets wind up either getting Deshaun Watson or making the decision to draft a quarterback at number two and Darnold becomes expendable, I think Darnold could wind up in Indianapolis. I think it'd be the best thing that ever happened to him. And if Wright could get those interceptions out of his game, Darnold would be a really good player. So I don't know who the quarterback is going to be, but the good news is that's a great team just waiting for the quarterback, and I think a lot of good QBs are going to want to go there. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Want to know what you want to know. Uh, Bubba, who's next? Next, we got Gino. All right, Gino, you're on ESPN Radio. What do you want to know? Good morning, Mike. If the Jets decide to keep Donald, do you think that the new coaching staff could turn him around like Stefanski did in Cleveland with uh, Baker Mayfield? You have to hope so. There's, there's nothing else you can do but hope so. Darnold has two problems as a quarterback. One of them is not his fault, which is that he has been surrounded by circumstances no one could succeed in. He has had a horrible combination of terrible coaching, terrible teammates around him, terrible offensive line, totally dysfunctional franchise. He's now on his third head coach, if he is on the Jets, his third head coach going into his fourth year. So almost no one could succeed in those circumstances. The other side of it that I cannot deny as a Darnold fan is he just turns the ball over. Now, part of that is what I just described to you. But he also, he was turnover prone in college, and that has, you know, continued to rear its ugly head. So some really good coach, whether it's LaFleur, the new offensive coordinator of the Jets, or Frank Reich if he winds up in Indy, or wherever it is he winds up. If the miracle happens for him and he winds up playing for Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco or something, he just has to stop giving the ball to the other team. He throws too many picks and he fumbles. Um, And part of that is, you know, he's trying to make big plays all the time. He's very athletic. He's got a a cannon for an arm. I think he has a chance to be a really good player. But the turnovers are a legitimate concern. And someone is going to have to coach that out of him. My gut feeling is that it will not be the Jets. My gut feeling is the Jets are going to go a different direction at quarterback. But I don't know that with certainty. So we will wait and see. We're talking about Deshaun and Carson Wentz and a whole lot more as we continue. Another big hour on the way on ESPN Radio.